Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Hey, writers. Welcome to episode number 38 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm so glad you're here. Um, Today, I'm talking to Jason Gurley, who is a friend of mine through his wife. We're in the knitting community together. And um, I remember, actually, this just this just occurred to me. I didn't think of it when I was talking to Jason. But I was at the store where his wife worked, um, which was in my hometown before they moved and I moved. And she mentioned, she said, you know, my husband wrote a book. And I remember, you know, I just remember hearing that and thinking, okay, your husband wrote a book. That's great. You know, I hear that a lot from a lot of people. I wish him the best. And 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 her face was just so proud. She goes, he's he's doing really well. And um, Jason really was doing really well. He's one of those um, people whose book, Eleanor, which I love, um, just kind of blasted into the stratosphere and was picked up by a traditional press, um, Crown, Crown Publishing, and... Um, now he's writing to contract traditionally published and I just couldn't be more pleased for him. Um, it was just a joy to talk to him and I say it over and over again in the interview portion, but I highly recommend the book, Eleanor. I was transported by it. Um, I think that if you've ever loved a dark family tale with secrets and mystery, um, but with that hint of magic like Madeline the Engel and um oh gosh Anne McCaffrey the feeling of Anne McCaffrey not the not the whole fantasy element of it um anyway I love the book you're gonna love the interview he's a good man um tiny little update not too much going on since I last recorded although I have to tell you that um the first 35 or 40,000 words of the thriller I sent to my agent a couple weeks ago and she got back to me on them and she loves it. She had a couple of, she had a couple of small things with, you know, like just like up the tension here and up the tension there. And of course, um, that's, that's all great advice, but my agent is also somebody who is a direct person. She's a straight shooter. And she will say, I'm not connecting with these characters or what's going on here? What what are you thinking? Um, and she didn't. She just wants me to go forward. So apparently I'm in the right place. So that's exciting. I'm right up to the midway, the midpoint right now. I'm about to take that big context shifting midpoint at the middle. So um, I completely don't believe I could do it. I'm just going to give it a shot. I will be attempting that this week. So I hope that your writing, whatever you're writing, you're getting a little bit done or maybe a lot of bit done. And um, yeah, that's that's about it. I got my Patreon essay out there. I'm happy with it, uh, getting good reactions from that and just working, just writing this life. I'm going to jump into the interview because I apologize. Those noises are my dog, Dozy, chewing a bone on my foot. So um, enjoy. Happy writing to you. And we'll talk soon. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my stop stalling and write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. All right, well, I would love today to welcome Jason Gurley. Hi, Jason. Hello. Hey there. And just a little introduction for you. 
Jason Greeley is the author of Great Fall, The Man Who Ended the World, and other novels and stories. His best-selling self-published novel, Eleanor, was acquired by Crown Publishing and reissued in 2016. His work has appeared in Lightspeed Magazine and numerous anthologies, and he lives and writes in Oregon uh, with my friend Felicia. <laughs> so hello to your lovely wife as well. She says hello as well. I, I missed her this last week when she was in town. Um, well, listeners, again, I, I know Jason's wife and I knew about his book, Eleanor, and, um, and I got my hands on a copy. Um, actually, the, the early Brit version, I believe, was the copy I got. And <laughs> you guys, it is incredible. I I gave Jason a blurb that was something about this made me feel the way that Madeline Langle's books made me feel. Um, I was just so swept up in the story and just so knocked out. It was one of the, there's, there's, there are so few books that, you know, keep me nailed down to the bed and I can't get up. I'm one of those people who can just close a book and walk away from it at any time. And I couldn't with yours. So thank you for that. I'm so glad you're on the show. Well, thank you. That was a really wonderful blurb. And, <laughs> you're uh, it meant a lot to me that okay. the, the Wrinkle in Time series is still one of those books that gets me yeah. every time I pick it up. And when you and and I recently was um, dipping back into the first one, and it's just still so good. It's so magical, and your book is that has that magic and that power too. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's talk about your writing process because that's what we're here to do. Let's do it. Um, what is the best time of day for you to write, and where do you write? Uh, my time is is fairly well structured. It it didn't always. It wasn't always the case that that was true. Um, I generally write two evenings a week, uh -huh. Tuesdays and Thursdays mostly. Uh, and I take one day on the weekend and I write for as long as I'm able to on that day. Um, and the rest of my time I give to my family and to my design career and, and the other things that quickly occupy a life. Yeah. <laughs> so you are very, very busy. Where do you write when you are writing on those evenings or on the weekend? Right here. Um, I have a little office in the, the, the bottom story of our house that we, that we recently bought in oh, uh, nice. Scappoose, Oregon. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful up there. Yeah. Quiet. Cool. You never, you never leave? You don't go out to the cafe or normally I, right there? I used to. I actually I used to lease a little office, too, just to get away from the house and get some work done. But um, there's enough room here for me to spread out and leave a manuscript lying around and not worry about spilling coffee on it or or whatnot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's nice. And how do you write? Are you longhand first computer? I have tried longhand. Uh, I have, I have a novel in progress that has been, um, sort of backburnered for the past year while I work on other things. And that's written all in longhand. In fact, I have, I have all these little like <laughs> yeah, see, and I've seen like these hand doodled notebooks full of things. He, you know, <laughs> listeners, he says doodles. He is an artist and a, a really, really good artist. And, and all of his notebooks have drawings on them and they're gorgeous. <laughs> and um, and I've seen these on Instagram, you filling the notebook. So, um, yeah, with that book that you're writing, have you put any into the computer? Is it just all still living there? Uh, you know, the the notebook draft is probably the sixth or seventh total rewrite okay. of that particular book i haven't cracked that one yet it's ah. it's waiting for me to figure it out i'm not quite there yet but generally i'm writing on the computer yeah. so when you do these rewrites like this um i know um you're friends with carrie luna right yeah yeah she's she's one of my besties and um sometimes she'll talk about starting a novel over from scratch like writing mm -hmm. the draft 
and then starting it over again without really referring back to the previous draft. Is that how you're doing mm. this or how do you do that? I have never quite done that. I usually try to salvage from previous drafts what is salvageable. Um, but often when I'm starting a novel over from scratch, so much has changed. It is a different thing. You're just really keeping the little bits and pieces that are universal to what you're writing about. Yeah, those, those yeah. sparks that... <laughs> Sometimes don't even make that in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how do you refill the creative well when you're running dry? Goodness. I do a lot of reading. Yeah. Um, I spend as much time as I can with my family. Yeah. My uh, my daughter is, is old enough now that um, all of my hobbies are things that she's interested in. So we do, we play video games together or we, uh, we go to the movies together, things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I just... It's mostly reading. It's it's time with my family. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. And what is the worst writing advice you've ever been given? <laughs> you know, I thought long and hard about, about this question. Because um, I, I haven't really gotten a lot of bad craft advice. Most okay. of the craft advice comes from a really good place. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not applicable to me, it's applicable to someone. But back in my full-time self-publishing days a few years ago, um, there's so much advice floating around about the business and the mechanics of publishing and the marketing and promotion and um, so much I, overwhelming I amount. Yeah. It's overwhelming. And so much of it is, um, it's bandied about with a certain gravitas that I'm not sure it's always earned. Um, so the worst that I've received, I think would be, uh, publish fast, publish often. And I tried that for a little while and it feels <laughs> It's very antithetical to, I think, who I am personally yeah. as a writer. Yeah. Good. Good. That's good to find out. And you know what? I hear that every day, everywhere. So I can I'm, imagine. I'm glad that you rejected that. <laughs> um, what secret writing tip of awesomeness did you discover the hard way? Oh, I'm going to say that editing is amazing. That's editing my secret magical. tip that I found out. Yes. Yeah. It, nobody tells you that. Nobody tells you that. Oh, well, I'm not actually even sure that nobody tells you that because if they had said it, I wouldn't have listened. It would have just gone in one ear and out the other. How did you feel about revision before you found your chops at it? I didn't I was particularly terrified. like it. Yeah. yeah, I was revision for me before I figured out how to do it was always page one, start rewriting the novel, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and Usually the novel would get longer if I did that. And that wasn't really the most effective way to go about it. Not always helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, with Eleanor in particular, I think that's where I finally cracked it. You know, I worked on the book for 13, 14 years. Yeah. And then it just sort of occurred to me one day that if it was going to get completed, if I was going to tie up all these edges, I needed an outline. And as soon as I wrote the outline, I was like, oh, God, now I know what I've been trying to write here. And I knew how to do it. And I threw everything away and started fresh. And the book came together in a few months. Oh, my gosh. So, but uh, it was still several drafts after that, I think, that I really started to unearth all of the nuance to the story and what those themes were that I didn't even know I was writing about. So are you now, where, where you're sitting now, are you more of a plotter or a pantser? A little bit of both. Yeah, I, I usually... Yeah, the book I'm working on now, um, I sold based on an outline in a couple of chapters. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say I, I stick with the outline until I can't stick with the outline. 
And, uh, and that happens a few times. And then I usually revisit my outlines. I start to sort of tweak that, figure out where I'm going and adjust as I go. And that usually works for me. There have been a few times I've written myself into a, a corner or I've accidentally written another, another novel altogether. I know. Isn't that <laughs> frustrating? I have absolutely done that. I have absolutely done that. I, I find I get a lot of mileage out of reverse outlining too. I'll, you know, I'll have oh, the really? very vague outline ahead of time, which I completely forget about. Mm-hmm. And, and then when the book is done, I'll go back and reverse outline and then I'll see all the holes or what I missed or what I forgot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My intentions are always good. Mine too. Yes. <laughs> you say you forget about the outline as you're going. And I, I do a lot of pre-work and then I kind of forget that it exists. I think yes. have it's you to had... get me thinking about it. Mostly. Well, have you had that, that crazy experience that I've had a few times where I'll write myself into a corner and then I'll go back and look at the outline and, and realize that, you know, the week I've been smashing my head against this, I already had a solution in the outline. <laughs> That I had forgotten completely, like this smarter version of me had written down at one point. And if I'd looked at it a little sooner, I would, I would have been fine. But yeah, I've done that a few times. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. hard to have a bad memory. <laughs> Can you give us a quick craft tip of any sort? Mm. Well, obviously, learn to love editing. However that happens for you, that's <laughs> that's a good one. But since we've already talked about that, I won't go there. Um, I would say the, the most important thing I've discovered is is how to keep an idea folder. And... Um, Tell us about that because all my idea folders have always failed because basically it's just a post-it I stick somewhere and then forget about. <laughs> so tell, tell us about yours. Mine, I keep mine in Evernote and oh, Evernote. I just, Can't I gather everything up by just basic theme. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's, a, if it's a story idea, whether it's a novel or something bigger, it goes into a story folder. Okay. And I write as little as I can about the idea. I keep it as divorced from story as possible. Ah. And I find that that becomes a nice well that I go to for any project I'm working on at any time, because I'll pull yeah. little bits out and build a story out of, of what I didn't really know that I needed, or I didn't know how to use in the first place. And that's been kind of interesting. It's it's gotten me out of a lot of jams. So really trusting your intuition to know what to put in there. I think so. And then when yeah. to look at it. That's great. I love that you're divorcing it from the story itself. So it's just it's just there. Sure. Waiting. Sometimes it might be the snippet of a scene. It might yeah. be just the vaguest idea that I could see being a novel, but I don't have any idea what it is. And I don't let myself go too deep when I'm jotting it down. That is so cool. I I pay for a pro Evernote subscription and I have never cracked exactly how to use it the best way for <laughs> me because every time I go in there, I get frustrated. And it's just one of those things. I'm going to figure it out this year. Yeah. That's what I, I know the feeling. I resisted <laughs> it for years and then I cracked it finally. And it was just... I couldn't, I couldn't live without it now. That's what everybody says. Okay. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to open it today. (laughs) Okay. On really bad days, what other profession do you wish you had? I know you have two. I do. I work as a, I've worked as a designer for about 18 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and I genuinely love that. I I think I wouldn't still be doing it if I, if I didn't, but I'll put that aside for the moment. If I was having a bad writing day, I'm fortunate enough that I don't have that many bad days. I just have days where like I get in my own way. It's not that the writing <laughs> itself is is the struggle. It's me. Yeah. Um, those days I just want to do something mindless. I just want to chop wood. I just want to dig a ditch. And not to say that people who do these things are mindless. Right. Um, right. But you know, they don't have to analyze every swing of what they're 
they're doing. And I, I do that too often. Right. And then go back and revise the swing and, <laughs> exactly. and, get, and get some exactly. critique for exactly. it. You know, yeah. you... <laughs> yes, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, that, or I, I would do anything on a movie set. I would, I would plug in the lights. I would carry the equipment. I would fetch coffee just to be around a movie being made. I think I'd, I'd enjoy that. Oh, that's so interesting. I have no yeah. interest in that whatsoever. And, and but <laughs> but you're you're one of those people that I really hope that you get that chance to like be on set for Eleanor or something, something else. Be... I can I can I I know, I know it's a cliche to for writers to be told that their book should be movies, but that should be a movie. Um, I think so too. Maybe, oh, good. Maybe one day. Good, 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 good. If you were starting over as a new writer right now, what advice would you give Baby Jason writer? I would say to the old me to take in fewer representations of what an author's life is like mm. in popular culture, because they're all wrong. Mm -hmm. um, care about things uh, that you can affect. Like, just write. Just just try to write. Work on what you're doing and, and do it better. And stop worrying about what it's like to get a book deal or to sign with an agent or how to announce a thing, all the minutia that exists outside of your control. Um, I was obsessed <laughs> with all of that stuff. And I think we all are. I think most yeah. writers are. It's, it's not particularly helpful. Yeah. At, at any stage, is it? No, no. The only time it's, the only time it's mildly fun is when you're say at a cafe and you, the pen is in your hand and you're having one clear moment and you think to yourself, Oh, I'm a writer. And then it goes away because the sentence gets all screwed up. And yeah, it just, it's, it, it, our writer's lives don't look like writer's lives. They look like our lives. Exactly. Right. And I love my life. I love where I am, where I sit right now. And I could never have predicted any part of my life. Right. Right. So it's just, it's just about doing the work and being yeah. true to yourself. And yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen Wonder Boys? I love it. Yeah. I love the book. I love the movie so much. It's one of the few the movies I'll, I'll go back and just watch and rewatch. I wear, I wear red cowboy boots because of that yeah. movie. <laughs> that, that moment when Rip Torn steps to the lectern and says, I am a writer. <laughs> it just gets me every time because I think so many people, that's the, that's the vision they have of it. And yes. it's just, for me, that's not remotely what it is. And if I had to stand up, in front of a crowd on a regular basis, I think I would just, I wouldn't be writing and that would yeah. be a problem for me. Yeah. The most writerly moment I ever had was, um, I was at a HarperCollins party, my party. first publisher party in New York at the Central Park Boathouse. And, mm -hmm. um, and it was full of all of these writers who had been there, done that. And I was, mm -hmm. and I was really, really just starstruck by the whole thing. And that was a very, very nice moment. Let me yeah. ask you, this is not in your list mm -hmm. of questions, but do let me ask you, because I know listeners will be interested to know, um, what was, what, how, what has this trip been like uh, moving from self-published, successfully self-published into traditional published world? It's been weird and it's been perfectly ordinary at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, I speak from the position of being not only an, an author, but someone who designed every, you know, step of his books along the way when I was self-published. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to give up the self-control. I would bet. It's, um, God, it's, it's incredibly hard. I've been fortunate. Every 
every cover that I've gotten for Eleanor has been just gorgeous. Incredible. Incredible. But I know how, I know how tenuous and, and, um, you know, finite that, that can be. And I fully expect every next cover to just be the one that like makes me cringe, but, (laughs) um, I have no control over that. And that, that was hard. The rest of it has been incredibly interesting and, um, like a daily lesson in just the highs and lows of being a, you know, quote unquote, traditionally published author. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's the furthest thing from what I think most people imagine it could be. And that's, I, I have found over the past year that that has been, um, sort of an unintended, uh, blessing. It's, so? Well, it's kept me from getting too wrapped up in all of the same things I described before. Uh-huh. And it's given me the space to keep working. And, you know, I'm, I'm working on a project now. And the moment I hand that one in, I've got another one to start on and another yeah. deadline to aim for. And um, I'm not sure that I would be doing that if I had been riding the roller coaster on a daily basis. Right, right. So. Are you still self-published at all? I do have some books out there, but I haven't yeah. self-published anything in quite a while now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still I'm it's, still hybrid. I do I do both. So um, it's nice to know that it's it's always there for me. Yeah, if, if the you know the writing career exactly <laughs> catches fire and runs up. I have I have caught fire on quite a few tracks on uh, my traditional career. So <laughs> so I always know that if the if the tracks are all the way gone, I can I can get out the buggy and just keep going. Exactly. But that's exactly. a terrible metaphor. But <laughs> <laughs> and what would you like to tell us about right now? I believe that Eleanor is just coming out in paperback, right? It is tomorrow, in ah, fact. So yes. listeners, by the time you get hear this, Eleanor is live by Jason Gurley. And will you just tell us maybe uh, the elevator pitch for it? Or Yeah, it's, um, oh, goodness. It's such a hard novel to get an elevator pitch for. for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's the story of a family that has been wrecked by tragedy uh, a couple of times over. And, uh, and the 14-year-old girl who's doing her best to sort of hold them together in the wake of all of that. And the very, very strange things that start to happen to her as she gets sort of deeper and deeper into solving her family's grief. Interesting, too, now that I think about it, that I connected so strongly with that 14-year-old girl. And there is always, and I, and I hate that it exists in myself, but it is there that I, you know, I always enter a book and I think, this is a 14-year-old girl and a man is writing this. And I think I think it's the same thing. <laughs> you felt the same thing too. Oh, well, good. Every day. Maybe that's Every... why. Maybe that's why you got away with it so beautifully. Um, because you know, within two pages, I'm hooked and 100% believed this girl. But now that I know how long it took you to write, you wrote this before your daughter Squish was even a glimmer in your eye, right? Yeah. I honestly, I think if I hadn't become a, a father, it would have never gotten finished. Interesting. It, yeah. Yeah. And it was a it was a more difficult book to write after becoming a father as well. I bet. Um, being married and and happily so, yeah. it, all of these things were, um, they're just my fears yeah. coming up every page. Well, maybe that's why it's just so strong. You know, Fe- yeah. writing about fear is the best thing to do, and that's what I personally always want to read. Yeah. Where can um, readers find you and the book? Uh, I'm everywhere. Okay. Uh, you can find me at jasongurley.com. You can find me on Twitter as Jay Gurley. And if you find me in either one of those places, that will lead you to everywhere else. <laughs> everywhere and else. the book should be everywhere starting. Well, it should be everywhere already and paperback tomorrow. And again, I just can't recommend it more highly. Thank you so much for spending Thank your you. time with us and for chatting to us and say hello to the family for me. 
I will do it. They'll say hello or back. <laughs> okay. Take care. Talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.